Today's episode of Tradeoffs does contain some adult language. All across the country, politicians are itching to restart their economic engines. Nothing matters to me more than getting our economy back on track. I have formed a statewide strike force to open Texas. We're opening up our country. America wants to be open. They see the cratering budgets, the struggling businesses, the mounting unemployment claims. And in response, they have begun to release reopening plans and playbooks. Some are a little more than a prayer. Others are bigger and bolder. No matter how simple or how sweeping, all of these plans share the same Achilles heel. Data. Without good data, we cannot make good decisions. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. For the first time maybe in her whole life, people know who Janet Hamilton is. She's not quite Fauci famous, but she's getting there. (laughs) I don't know about famous, but it's wonderful to actually have people understand a little bit more about the work that epidemiologists do. Janet is executive director of the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists. People are finally learning about the job because reopening the country requires these scientists and the health departments where they work to run a kind of disease-tracking triathlon. The events, testing, tracing, and surveillance. First up, testing. The public health department gets notified when someone tests positive for COVID. That starts the second leg, tracing, where public health workers track down an infected person as fast as they can and figure out who else has been exposed. That leads us to the last leg of the race, surveillance. So we'll look at the total number of tests that are done, emergency department's data, and just visits to healthcare in general. And all that information is put together to help us make policy-level decisions that can be good for everyone. Now, imagine doing a triathlon in the pouring rain with a flat tire and weights around your ankles. That's the position we've put our public health workers in, says Janet, by denying them the tools that they need to do this job. We are still functioning as though computers did not exist. Push this button down. Faxes, phone calls, or spreadsheets. Relax, cause the thermal fax does the work for you. Over the past 10 years, the country's spent billions digitizing our healthcare data. Almost every hospital, doctor, and lab can now share data about COVID-positive patients. But many public health departments aren't even set up to receive the most basic electronic information. And that's left them dangerously out of the loop, like getting incomplete lab results. We're seeing that address and phone number missing as much as 50% of the time. Race and ethnicity data is missing as much as 85% of the time. And so instead of getting those results in instantaneously, instead we're spending time just trying to find who is this person and where are they located. Epidemiologists understand that's time lost as the virus rips through retirement homes, hospitals, and jails. Our largest public hospital in the state, they began testing for uh, COVID-19 and had many positives, but they never reported them to us because they had no way of, of doing that. 
Richard Danilla is the deputy epidemiologist for the state of Minnesota. We finally had to do a workaround, and all of a sudden we found out, you know, they had basically 200 cases that we didn't even know about. And so when we called up the case, the case was already, you know, 20 days old. If Rich's department were hooked up to the hospitals electronically, he could get the information he needs in minutes. Instead, he's got two full-time employees spending entire days answering basic questions. If we want to know how many people are in the hospital, we have to go rely on you know, old-fashioned shoe leather, calling up every hospital, emailing every hospital. Richard says this situation makes him grind his teeth. We've been touted as one of the best infectious disease departments in the country, but in terms of our data, our electronic data, you know, we're, we're way down the pack. Janet Hamilton says it's a story she's hearing across the country. It's, it's hard. It's hard to know that you could be doing a better job if you had that information immediately available to you, but you just can't. In Colorado, some data isn't just delayed, it's MIA. And that has Katie O'Donnell of the Larimer County Health Department worried. We know the next two weeks are going to be absolutely imperative to make decisions on whether we can continue to reopen or whether we need to slow down. The county's disease database can only track positive test results. So Katie has no clue how many total tests have been run, and that makes it really hard to know if they're doing enough testing or keeping the virus in check. We have to be able to know whether out of this many tests, are we going up, are we going down, are the percentages staying the same? But we have no idea. Did we run 100 tests and have two come back positive? Did we run 4,000 tests and have two come back positive? We just, we have no idea. It's hard to get out in front of the pandemic when public health departments have their hands tied. If people keep getting sick, our economy will not get any healthier, says Arian Malik, a former federal health IT official. The big thing that's hitting the economy right now is the epidemic. And the best thing that we can do to get the economy back is to get the epidemic under control. And the best thing we can do to get the epidemic under control are the public health measures that have worked in literally every other country that's tried them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Public health officials across the country are under immense pressure to execute on what many see as the three keys to safely reopening, testing, tracing, and surveillance. Doing that work requires rapid and reliable information about who's sick, when, and where. But outdated and underfunded systems are making that data hard and sometimes impossible for health departments to come by. So let's talk solutions. 
you're probably thinking this could all be fixed with a big old wheelbarrow of money. That would certainly help, says Arian Malik, who previously worked on health IT issues at HHS. The best answer I have for why we're in this situation is that at the end of the day, when it comes time to fund public health, nobody gives a shit until it really matters. The recent CARES Act did include some funding to fix public health infrastructure, but only about half of what epidemiologists were hoping for. And a bunch more money likely is not on the way anytime soon. So Arian says it's time to focus on getting the most out of what we already have and save loftier, longer-term fixes for later. Duke Margolis Center put out a set of policy recommendations that were all about the art of the now. What do you do in May? What do you do in June? Because you go to war with the army that you have, not the army that you want. Three key recommendations in that report from the Duke Margolis Center. First, make labs responsible for tracking down the basic information, like phone numbers and addresses missing from their test results, and give them financial incentives to do so. Second, have hospitals send along patient electronic health records automatically after a COVID test is ordered or certain symptoms are diagnosed. It's known as electronic case reporting, and Janet Hamilton, a report co-author, calls it a game changer. The data is there. It is electronic. And if we had those electronic health records, much of this problem would be eliminated and we would have better case investigations and all those other key things that we really want to have to make the best decisions possible. One hospital in Florida added this feature to their electronic health record system in less than two weeks. And just seven days later, they generated more than 7,500 electronic case reports for their state health department. The technology is being piloted in several areas of the country, and Janet describes health officials as ecstatic with the early results. Finally, the Margolis report emphasized the need to clear up a few points of confusion that have left some health systems hesitant to share their data. This includes HIPAA, healthcare's big privacy law. The steps that we put in the Duke Margolis report are the most basic, most obvious, simplest to implement steps. And yet, Arian still isn't confident those steps will be taken, at least not nationwide. He says that would require a level of federal focus and support that's been hard to find. We need a clear set of national priorities. We just don't have one right now um, because when you're in the middle of a crisis, You've got to do a few things really, really well rather than 20 or 40 things in a, in a chaotic way. That lack of federal leadership was a problem long before this pandemic arrived. Julia Adler-Milstein, professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, has studied health tech for the past decade. There's been no central planning, no one to say, well, no, these are really the types of organizations that need to be connected, and this is the type of data that needs to be shared between them. So you get this sort of real patchwork or messiness when you put it all together, where, you know, because it wasn't designed from the top down, it's sort of been built from the bottom up. It's those failures that have some people, even academics like Julia, betting that a fix to this crisis comes from the one industry that's known for demolishing the status quo. Not that it's not fraught with complexities, but I fundamentally believe if, you know, if 
Google sent me something today that said, you need to put this app on your phone. You need to tell me this data about you every single day. And if you did this, you could go back to your normal life. I would do it in a heartbeat. Every day that goes by without fixes to our data failures is a day the coronavirus spreads and our economy remains stalled. To turn that tide, the public health experts we're counting on are telling us we need to get data moving faster than this disease. Whether those solutions come from Silicon Valley or Washington, they can't come soon enough. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, researchers Jamie Song and Emily Patterson, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this episode from Sample Focus, Broke for Free, Unheard Music Concepts, and Blue Dot Sessions. Additional thanks to Ben Moscovich, Zach Bernstein, John Kansky, Sean Granis, Mary Hill, Hector Gonzalez, Ganesh Prasad, Allison Culpepper, Marion Yeager, Debbie Condry, John Lunsk, Melora Simon, Hong Trung, and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or sign up for our e-newsletter at tradeoffs.org. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.